0: Father, we thank you for the new life we have in Christ. As we look at these words together this morning, help us to live our lives as those who are yours. Help us to live out our new life in you. All for your praise and for your glory. Amen. Where are you from? Accrington. You can respond to me. Where are you from? Accrington. Too many words. We're from, we're from all over the place, aren't we? We, we? You know if you ever meet somebody new or if you go somewhere new and you're in a group of people, that is, um, you can guarantee that that is one of the questions that you'll be asked. Where are you from? I remember when I was in Oxford and studying down there, um, because I talk funny, where are you from? I'm from Chorley. Oh, where's that? Chorley, come on. But it's a question we're asked often in life, isn't it? Where are you from? Well, as Christians, we answer that in two ways. We're from Chorley or Aquinton or Manchester or wherever we're from. But we also say um, that we're from, we live with Christ in heaven. We answer that question as Christians in two ways, with those two answers. In the first two chapters of Colossians, Paul has laid out uh, the theology of being made new in Christ. In the second half, which we uh, begin today, Paul shows us practically how we're to live out our new life in Christ. And so this morning, there are three things that I want us to see uh, from this chapter. The first one is, live out your new life in Christ with a heavenly perspective. With a heavenly perspective. First one, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. We've seen, haven't we, so far in Colossians that we're united with Christ, we're in him. Did anybody do the homework that I set last week to count up the number of times that we see in him? You don't have to nod, I don't want to embarrass anybody. But as you read it, you see often uh, that we are in Christ, we're united with him. We saw that because we're united in him that we died with him but not only died with him that we were raised to life with him and this morning we see not only have we died and been raised with christ but because christ ascended to heaven we are now seated with him in heaven and so paul says set your sights on the realities of heaven look to heaven where christ is Because in Christ we are seated with him. He's saying set your sights on the realities of heaven and the one who sits there on the throne. The one who we love, who is our saviour and our king. Paul's saying this new life that you have in Christ uh, is to be one that has a heavenly perspective. It's one that seeks So when Paul says here, set your uh, sights on heavenly realities, it's seek, it's to seek out. So it takes us back to Matthew, and you'll know the verse, um, seek first his kingdom. That is what Paul is saying we're to do as new people with our identities now in Christ. We're to seek the things of heaven first. And this seek is a continuous It's to seek and keep seeking. To do that each and every day. We're to seek the eternal and not the temporary, the earthly things. We're to set our minds on the things above. We're to be preoccupied with the realities of heaven. Because we are in Christ. It's like a a compass. The needle always points north. And so for us, we're to always orient ourselves towards Christ. We're to set our minds on the things of heaven. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure... Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's what we're to do. Our minds are to be set on heavenly things. To be set on Christ who is our king. Our minds are to be filled with the values of heaven as we seek to live out this life in Christ. Our interests, our thoughts... uh, should be from a heavenly perspective. Because, verse 3, you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. As we've already seen throughout this series, that in Christ we have died to sin and to its consequences. Jesus nailed our sin to the cross. He took the wrath that we deserve for our sin on the cross. So sin no longer condemns us. We are free from the debt of sin. Jesus has paid it on the cross. And in him, we are made alive. And so now, Paul says, remember that being in Christ means that you are hidden in him also. It gives us that sense, that idea that we are safe and secure in Jesus. So no, mat- no matter what the world throws at us, no matter what trials or tribulations we face, we are safe and secure in Christ. Nothing can change that. Romans, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Yesterday at our prayer meeting, um, we sang the song, we began by singing the song before the throne of God above. And the third verse it says, It Behold him there, the risen lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness. The great unchangeable, I am the king of glory and of grace. One with himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, my, with Christ my savior and my God. Doesn't that bring comfort to us? To know that being hidden in Christ means that we're safe and secure in him? Although we can't see that, we know that by faith. But there will be a day when that will be realized, when that will be seen. When Christ returns uh, in verse 4, Who is your life? uh, Then you will also appear with him in glory. When Christ returns in glory, uh, we will be shown for who we are in him. When Christ comes in glory, that means uh, that everything that causes pain will be gone. All suffering uh, and sadness and illness will be gone. And so Paul says this new life involves living with a heavenly perspective. This heavenly perspective isn't um, that we all become daydreamers. You might have heard it said that about somebody that's too heavenly-minded to be any earthly use. Well, that's not what Paul's saying here. He's not saying that we're to walk around with our heads in the clouds. Paul's uh, saying that to be any earthly use or any earthly good, we need to be heavenly-minded. We need to have the right perspective as we live our lives on this earth. What is it that you are preoccupied with What is it that you're filling your minds with? Is it the worries of the world? Or are we preoccupied with the one who sits on the throne, the one who we are hidden in? We're to seek the kingdom of God. We're to be preoccupied in our minds with heavenly things. That is the first thing that Paul says uh, in what it looks like to live out our life in Christ. Yet, while we wait for that day to Christ for Christ to return, um, we're in a battle. And that's the second thing that we see in these verses. We live out our new life in Christ by uh, putting off, by getting rid of. You know that There are certain times, or you will know that there are certain times where you have to dress uh, appropriately for whatever the occasion is. We say to our children all the time uh, that you can't wear that. You can't wear your ripped, dirty joggers uh, to a christening or a wedding. That's not appropriate clothing. We need to dress properly. And that is what Paul goes on. To, to say, as God's people, as those who, who are united with Christ, you need to dress properly. You need to dress in the clothes that are fitting for who you are uh, in Christ. And so, he says, you need to put off, you need to get rid of, you need to put to death uh, the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater. Worship the things of this world. Paul says, put to death those things. Put to death sin in your life. But we might read those verses and think, well, why is Paul saying that? Because we've just read all the way through the first part of the letter that, that sin has uh, gone. That we've already died to sin. So, why is Paul saying now put sin to death? Well, we know as Christians that sin still lurks in our lives. And Paul is right on both accounts. We have died to sin, to its consequences, but we know that the reality of sin is still in our lives and in the world around us. And so, we must be at work putting to death the sin in our lives. We might sit and think, well, that's impossible. And it is impossible if we try and do it ourselves. But we can put sin to death in our lives by the Spirit who is at work in us. In Romans eight thirteen, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if... By the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. It is possible to put sin to death in our lives. The spirit at work in us enables us and helps us to do that. But we must battle it. We've heard a lot over this last 18 months uh, how we need a wartime mindset. Mindset. We need a wartime mindset if we're to get through this pandemic. But well, we need a wartime mindset as Christians. Because we're in a battle. We're in a battle against sin. And we must kill it. We must get rid of it in our lives. Paul goes on in verse 6. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. Why are we to battle sin? Why are we to put it to death? Because that's part of our old self. We've been made new in Christ. We're to live as people whose identity is in Him. And so the old self needs to be gone. We need to get rid of those things that were part of that and live as who we are in Christ. We don't do it out of fear. And so we might read a verse like that, the anger of God is coming if, if we sin like that. Well, it is coming for those who sin like that without Christ. But in Christ, as we've seen so often recently, that our sin has been dealt with on the cross. And so we don't seek to put sin to death out of fear. We seek to put sin to death because our confidence is in Jesus as we seek to live as new people in Christ. We want to live out our new identity in him. So don't mishear what Paul's saying this morning. It's not do this or else. It's be who you are in Christ. In the early church, the, uh, a new believer being uh, baptized would first take off uh, the clothes that they were wearing. They would take them off and then they would go into the water uh, to be baptized. Uh, and we know that picture of baptism is uh, that dying uh, to our old selves and dying to sin and being raised to Christ. And so this taking off of the clothes before baptism was a picture of taking off our old selves before being baptized. And so Paul goes on in verse 8, But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Do not lie to each other. Paul's saying, take off those old, dirty clothes and get rid of them. notice that list there in verse 8 it's it's all from the mouth it's all to do uh, with relationships i think we sometimes tend to excuse ourselves or go easy on ourselves when it comes uh, to sin but don't be tempted to do that we need to take sin seriously and we need to get rid of it in our lives that list though it's not an exhaustive list uh, but that list uh, causes disunity within as we'll see in a moment this body that Christ has put together this new community and so paul says get rid of all that take off uh, those dirty clothes because you are new in christ and again it's it's not do this or else it's be who you are in Christ. And so back to that baptism picture. They would take off their clothes. They would be baptized in the water. And as they came out, when they came out, they would put on new, clean clothes. Paul goes on. For you who have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds, put on your new nature, and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Paul saying, take off, put off, get rid of uh, things of the old way because we have new clothes to put on in Christ. Live as those who you have been saved to be. Jesus is creating a new community with people from all backgrounds, all walks of life. And Paul says in verse 11, here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and unc- uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. In Christ, he's uh, bringing together people from all backgrounds into one body, united in him and so we must work hard at at keeping that unity because those sins that Paul uh, says get rid of cause disunity and so Paul's saying work hard at removing those to foster that uh, peace and that unity within the body because Christ is all he's at the center And in all, we're to be at work battling sin in our lives. And finally, live out your new life in Christ by putting on. I don't know about you, but it's always a good feeling to put on something new. A new pair of trainers or a new hoodie. There's just something about Putting on a new piece of clothing that's it's just nice. Feel good, good about it. And so Paul's saying, as you take off those old, dirty clothes, put on your new clothes, which is your identity in me. Verse 12, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Paul reminds them who they are. They are chosen people. We belong to God in Christ. They're holy people. They're the set apart ones uh, of God in Christ. Uh, And this one uh, is amazing. They're dearly loved people. If you're a Christian here, sat here this morning, that is who you are. You are chosen by God. You are set apart ones. You are dearly loved by the creator of all things. And just to say, if you ever doubt that you're loved by God, look at the cross and what Jesus did for you on the cross. That is who we are in Christ. We're chosen, we're holy, we're dearly loved. And so it is fitting that we dress appropriately for who we are. Did that verse remind you of anybody? That that verse, uh, verse 12. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Who does it remind us of? Jesus. It reminds us of Jesus. So, as people who are in Jesus, don't we want to live like Jesus? Like he did? with kindness and compassion and humility, gentleness and patience. We're to put on uh, these new clothes and live out who we are in him. And again, notice that these are all relational. Just as we had that list uh, that Paul's telling us to get rid of, we're to put on this, which will... Uh, work work itself out in our relationships with those around us and because it's relational and because we're all battling sin in our lives we won't always get it right and so we must be quick to forgive we're to bear with one another we're to forgive as the Lord has forgiven us we're to be big-hearted people, ready to forgive just as God in Christ has forgiven us. How easy do we find that, forgiving others? I suppose forgiveness never really feels that easy uh, to do. But being united with Christ, being part of his new community, uh, means that we should seek to live out that new life, and that involves Being quick to forgive uh, those around us. And then, over all these clothes that we've put on, uh, we're to put on the coat of love, which binds everything together. Hallmark uh, the hallmark of us as Christians is to be love. One writer wrote, who we are with other people reveals who we are with Christ. And so we're to live out our new life in him, uh, being part of this new community, the church. That's what verse 15 to 17 uh, begins to move on to. And so as this, this body that Christ has brought together, united in him, it's to be a place of peace. Because Jesus is the prince of peace. Peace is to rule in the body. And rule here is um, the activity of an umpire in a sports game. We are to let the peace of Christ be the decisive factor in all that we do uh, in this new community. Will my actions, my words, will they foster peace within this body? Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and peace is to rule in his body. And as we live out our identity in Christ, as this new community, as one body, we live it with Christ and his word at the very center of all that we do. Verse 16, let the word of Christ. Dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. The word of Christ is to dwell richly within his church. To dwell is to to live in, to be at home in. So Christ and his word is to be at home within us and within his church. The truths of scripture are to be at home with us here. It should govern our every thought, our every action, our every word. And as Christ's word dwells richly within his body, that will overflow to teaching and admonishing one another. Not just from the pulpit, but in small groups as we meet together for coffee and as we talk uh, about scripture, as we read it together, we teach and we admonish one another. As we uh, help each other to get rid of those sins of our past and put on the new clothes we have in Christ. And as the word of Christ dwells in us richly, it, it overflows also in our singing When we sing, it's more than just praising God, our Father, for what He has done and who He is. We sing truths to one another. And so it's really good this morning as I was sat at the front, I could hear other people singing. And that's so encouraging to me to hear people sing things that they believe. They know that they're true. And so we've sung some wonderful things This morning about the holiness of God. That it is Christ who saves us, not not anything that we have done. When we sing songs like, praise my soul, the king of heaven, or and can it be. When we sing songs like amazing grace, for me it's the last verse. I love that last verse. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining like the sun. We've no less days to sing our praise I can't remember the last line, but. When, when we first began, thank you. I knew somebody had helped me out there. But it, it's so encouraging. It builds us up when we sing and we can hear one another do that as we sing truths that we believe. We're to live out our new life in Christ, seeking the things above, setting our minds on the realities of heaven, putting sin to death, putting on those new clothes we have in Christ. So that whatever we do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray and ask God to help us to do that. Father, we thank you for your word to us this morning. We thank you for the work of your spirit in our lives. Thank you for the new life that we have in Jesus. And We pray that you'll help us by your spirit to live out our new life in him. Help us to take off and get rid of those sins in our lives. us to put on uh, those Christ-like virtues that we've uh, read this morning. Father, we long to be dressed appropriately as your people. And so we pray that you'll help us uh, to do that. And as we do that and in all things, in our words and our deeds, We pray that they will be done uh, for your glory alone. So we ask that you'll be be at work among us uh, this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.